Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Friday the 25th of June. I'm joined today for the last time this week by Leanne Time, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi Leanne, how are you doing today? Hello Peter, I'm really, really great, thank you. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, unfortunately, this is, this is the last day of uh, Leanne and Peter unfortunately for this for this time round, anyway yeah um but uh, anyway um what um what story do you think that uh yeah what story caught your eye today in watson's daily um so i really like the story about microsoft and mm-hmm. them wanting to include um teams microsoft teams um their conferencing program mm-hmm. <laughs> in windows and as like a standard feature Mm-hmm. Um, on that kind of the search bar when you start up Windows. Um, yeah. I thought it was super interesting because it plays to also just a little side note. Um, I'm losing my voice, so like <laughs> a bit. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> too, too, too much shouting. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a goalie in hockey and that's basically my whole entire role. So, oh my God, sorry, you are a hockey goalie. Yeah. Aren't you, usually hockey go- goalies have to be a little bit mad, don't they? <laughs> That's what they say. Because <laughs> that's right. They they don't train you with the rest of the team, do they? You get your special. You get a special coach all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my voice is gone. Like okay. yelling at my team. Oh, um, but yeah. Brilliant. So I thought basically, yeah, the the fact that Microsoft wants to include Teams and Windows was mm. a very interesting kind of take on the kind of whole big tech and like competition law kind of. Um, mm issue that's been kind of going on in the past few months even years um just because microsoft is a household name everyone knows microsoft and their reputation and kind of power would mean that them adding teams into windows would have a huge advantage over other um platforms such as um zoom or like slack google meets um even Skype, but I mean, Skype, I don't know if it's even up there with the rest. Mm, mm. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was super interesting because it, it will be interesting to see how, I mean, the reaction of Zoom and the kind of legal action that will most likely go on mm, between mm. the two. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that, um, you know, I've said this all along, I think Microsoft have the inherent advantage. Um, I think Zoom did particularly well over lockdown to keep its position because remember earlier on in the lockdown, um, there were security issues. There were, you know, there was Zoom bombing happened where, um, you know, you'd be minding your own business in a, in a Zoom meeting and suddenly a whole load of porn would be, would, would appear <laughs> um, or, you know, or something like that. Um, you know, to, the, to Zoom's credit, they acted pretty quickly and i think it was like the head of yeah they got the the guy person who's the the head of security or something in microsoft to come in as well to sort it out and and i think that they addressed i think they largely addressed those issues Mm -hmm. um and i think that you know it it has clearly been one of the lockdown winners um Mm -hmm. and I also, I think we, you know, we said this earlier, didn't we? I think you know that you're on to a good thing and that your company is is doing well when your company name becomes a verb, right? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> when you say, 
things like let's you know I'll, i will hoover the lounge or something um with zoom it's like yeah i'll i'll zoom you on this shall we zoom should mm. we do all this kind of thing so you, know, you don't say hey should we google meet you generally <laughs> people say let's let's zoom or something like so i do think that um, they have done admirably well throughout lockdown however now I think that this is the time when it gets serious. Um, this is, I think, this is why you've got um, Microsoft um, that has that has Teams. Um, it's going to include it in its uh, in its updates of Windows 11, and it's going to be much more in your face. Um, mm-hmm. So, I absolutely think this is unfair competition. I do because it's it's included for free. Um, within uh, within the software suite, um, and I think that Slack and Zoom have a point. You know, they argue that look, they're providing this thing as a standalone thing, whereas Microsoft is just you know chucking it in as part of part of everything else, and it's unfair. Now, I like I say, I absolutely think that they have a point, and I would have thought that um, Microsoft probably also secretly thinks that it does have a bit of an advantage um and i think that they will try to push this as hard as they possibly can which is you know why they're doing this you know this update um because i reckon that they will be hoping that people even people who've been using zoom over lockdown will get used to teams get used to the functionality of teams and will use their inherent advantage of um basically a lot of companies being on office 365 um and they will take advantage of it and i i really think that actually in future it may well be that um online sort of conferencing if you like um will be split between microsoft teams um for work and zoom for outside work now Mm -hmm. the problem is of course is that Obviously, you, the the money is really for work because um, yeah, that's where you that's where you want to be because that's where yeah they will pay you money. Whereas if you're outside work, you know a lot of people want stuff for free, and so um, y- you know it's it's more difficult to convince people to part with their money. So I mean that's why Zoom is doing things like trying to increase its functionality. It's doing like um, apps. Uh, which it called, you know, within Zoom called Zaps. Uh, I haven't seen any yet, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Are you are you a fan of? Do you what, what do you do? You think it's a fair fight? Um, I mean, no, like definitely not a fair fight. Uh, Microsoft is starting with a huge, huge advantage over Zoom, mm. um, and I would say there's a lot of pressure on Zoom to adapt and. Um, Kind of yeah, be constantly evolving to try and keep up and to try and yeah keep up with the mem- momentum that it's already established over the past year or so. Mm. I think it'll be quite difficult to do that. Um, mm. In particular, as things start to open up, people start to go back into the office, as we were speaking about a few days ago. Mm. Um, so I think there's huge, huge pressure on Zoom to do that. Mm. And whether it be they kind of adapt and switch their focus to more like the leisure, um, as you suggested. Um, but then I just kind of fear that they become like Skype and just kind of disappear, disappear into oblivion. Because even the thing you were saying about the, oh yeah, when something becomes 
a verb like when when a company name becomes a verb um they've kind of made it in a way but mm. that was kind of yeah skype like i feel like my friends and i would always be like oh let's skype tonight or let's use mm. like let's skype um but now skype is nowhere to be seen yeah um, so i want i fear that kind of zoom if it doesn't act and keep evolving and if, i guess if microsoft is, is left to really run with the advantage that they do have mm. that zoom will be basically the next skype and just no one will mm. be using it yeah i mean i you know i personally i've used uh zoom during lockdown um you know when we do these uh pre-podcast calls i i use zoom um i uh have u- used maybe google Meet a few times i had like literally a handful of times and every time i've had problems um i i think that you know i've not i've hardly used teams but when i have used teams it has worked well but from what i can gather from people i have asked so this is not you know obviously this just is complete luck i guess but most (laughs) people seem to say that they prefer zoom over teams but the thing is you see i sort of think that you know zoom um, microsoft is really going to be putting the rocket boosters um, under teams and i think they will be throwing a lot of resource at it so although it may not be maybe it lacks in functionality or or robustness perhaps i don't know in terms mm-hmm. of um you know um it it will be it will be front and center of their mind uh in terms of trying to make it the best it can be so if there is a gap between um the two in terms of functionality ease of use etc i would imagine it's going to narrow very quickly and zoom is going to have to continue to try to innovate uh in order to try to stay ahead yeah or even drive down their prices because that's another thing as you mentioned people like think things for free Mm. so if zoom can kind of like um extend their kind of free package offerings and like mm. 40 minutes for example to an hour i think that could make a, a world of difference for them yeah definitely definitely so no that's re- that's that's um yeah it's, it's it's interesting and it will carry on i mm-hmm. think that microsoft is going to want to string it out as long as they possibly can yeah um whereas obviously zoom and slack are going to be very very keen to try to limit the damage as, as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and i mean i suppose even you know, if they possibly can, I don't know if they can, but um, to try and stop this, uh, you know, being rolled out in, in Windows 11, I presume it's too late now, but um, they could, it could come in an update. Um, so, so, uh, so yeah, or it might be, <coughs> sorry, that um, they force Microsoft to also bundle Zoom in with, you know, with their software. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd still pay for it separately and stuff, but it would be on your desktop, for instance. Yeah, yeah no, that's really interesting. Um, so, so then how about you then, Peter? What was your story of today? Okay, I thought I'd pick something that sounds incredibly boring. Um, <laughs> share buybacks for American banks. Now, the reason why I thought I'd pick this is because I do talk about share buybacks from time to time, and I'm pretty confident that most people will think, what the hell's a share buyback and who cares? Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. so I just thought I would, um, you know, I, I, I just thought that I would uh, 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 see, you know, try to explain this because um, what has happened 
um, recently as US Federal Reserve um, has decided to do a load of uh, put the banks, the US banks, through a load of tests um, that they they call stress tests. So what they do is they model the banks and what they, you know, the assets and all the rest of it. It's very complicated models. And then they throw a number of um, doomsday scenarios at the banks to see whether the balance sheets would cope. Now, um, it appears that all of them have done well, some better than others. Um, and And they've not only done well and got through these stress tests, it seems that they have an excess of assets. Um, And so um, what is going to happen is that the US banks are highly likely to use this excess money and they want to spend it on doing share buybacks and or pay out dividends to their shareholders. So why do we care about that? Well, the reason is, is because um, so investors generally love a good share buyback and a good steady um, dividend, right? So um, some of the reasons, I mean, there are many reasons, but one reason is that they like a share buyback is because it puts a floor under the share price. So let's say you've got a company that is losing, like its share price is not doing very well. It's going down. Um, There's nothing exciting on the horizon. So people are just selling out. Um, if that company comes in and says, right, we are going to we are announcing a two billion dollar share buyback program and we're going to start today, that would suggest that they have confidence that that is the low of the share price for now. Because if you're going to spend money buying your own shares, you want to make sure you do that at a low price. So um, as a result of that, investors see that a company has done a share buyback and they think, right, well, we buy now because that is the floor. That is the, you know, the lowest it will go. So they then buy. So when a company says it's going to do a share buyback, usually it might go up or, yeah, it's certainly sentiment will be more positive um, if the company announces a share buyback. Another, uh, and so with regards to um, uh, dividends, um, there are some investors, they buy shares for the story of the company and, you know, the strategy and what's going to go on for the next few years or whatever. But some of them also buy companies bearing in mind the, um, the dividend. I mean, these are basically, they're called, so income funds will, will, um, uh, will invest in this because they see stocks as an income. Right. So, so anyway, so, um, if they so uh, the people the investors like being paid so if they hold shares of this company and the company says that it's going to pay a dividend so for the, let's say you hold a thousand shares the dividend is 20p on each share you will get a payout every now and again of 20 times your thousand shares um, and you know and you it's just a bit of extra money so it is very um, this is interesting because um, the banks especially have been very keen to do share buybacks and to do uh, and to pay dividends. But because the governments and the, cent- and the central banks and things have been very keen for them to make sure that they uh, could have enough money 
to pay out to for like bad loans or, or, or things like that under lockdown. Um, they've not been allowed to do this. But now they've gone through the stress test and it's been found that they actually they're sitting on quite a lot more money than they need. Um, they are bound to, as soon as they possibly can, announce share buybacks and announce dividends. So um, that's why I thought I would mention it. Um, randomly, in the middle of that, uh, I got a pop up about Matt Hancock today saying um hands face embrace (laughs) (laughs) oh it's the new (laughs) hands face embrace oh sorry sorry but anyway back to share buybacks Did, did that um uh you know does that make it clearer for you um at all yeah no like before I, I really did not know what share buybacks were, and yeah. that's so much clearer. Um, yeah, I mean, it is one way that they do it. So you know, they do it for a number of reasons. They might want the um, share buyback. They want want to buy their share, shares, their own shares, because they want to keep you know uh, help the price, share price. But also, it's they'll buy shares so that to give out as option, you know, share options for um, employees and things like that. So that's that's another one of the reasons why they, they do it. And they tend to do it when the share price is at a low point because then the upside is much bigger. And it means it brings the average um, purchase price of their stake a lot lower mm-hmm. is, is, the, is the, you know, is, is, the, is the hope. Mm-hmm. So there we go. <laughs> share buybacks, Matt Hancock. Uh, all uh, all rolled into one um and um so yeah so um so yeah is there anything else you wanted to add uh at all today um no not really i mean we did speak briefly about the vanguard um like adding in financial advice which i thought was quite interesting and maybe like a useful to briefly mention Mm. um a bit of time yeah, I mean, I think that um, Vanguard is a, is a very interesting company. It's the world's second biggest asset manager. Um, it charges very, it's famous for charging very, very low fees. Um, and what it's trying to do is it's trying to um, uh, expand more into the field of financial advice. Um, it feels that it, that, you know, it's a massively growing area, which I totally agree with, um, because I think that governments are, going to be less able in the future to provide for people into into their retirement um so they're keen to get people to do more themselves um so i think that that uh, the advice is going to be very much needed um they think they could do it for lower cost by mixing robo advice um and human advice and uh, it sounds like they need some sort of cyborg um but um you know that's the whole that's the whole idea of being a- a- able to do that now they're saying, you know, they're opening a new office and this is the way to go for the next 10 years. All I would say to that is that um, I think that although robo advice will work for a lot of people who have relatively simple financial situations, like they have a pension, they have a mortgage, and that's basically it. You know, maybe a car loan or something like that, but, but and, and that's it. Um, that will cover a lot of people, but people with more complicated situations will need more human input. And the problem is, is that actually 
it's quite hard um, to become a financial advisor uh, in the sense that um, to do it properly, you've got to take loads of exams. So my wife, um, she's actually a financial planner, but basically what she does is she um, talks to uh, you know, individ- uh, you know, high net worth individuals and they say that they want, these are the financial goals they want to achieve at you know, this age or that age. Um, and they've got a family to provide for. And then she advises them on how to put, you know, where to put their money, how to use it and all this kind of, you know, the most efficient ways of using it to maximise the value. Um, she's had to do loads of something. I think it was like 14 exams in two years or something mm-hmm. like that. It was a lot. And they are, you know, serious exams. So although you may be Vanguard and saying, yeah, we'll get loads of advisors. Um, <laughs> Actually, I think that will take quite a long time, potentially. So um, like I say, I do think it's a very interesting area. I do think it's a big growth area because I think we're all going to need more financial advice rather than less. Um, And um, Vanguard is clearly wanting to wade in there with all the assets it has at its disposal. So will you be seeking human advice or robo advice, do you think? I reckon human, just because I am sick of hearing, like, press one for blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, fair enough. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, so anyway, um, okay, well, look, that's, that was just a, 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 a quick thing there. But yeah. um, I just wanted to say to everyone, um, uh, you know, first of all, thank you for listening, as always. Yeah. Um, but the other thing as well is that Monday um i'm going to be having a rest from um uh, watson's daily so i hope everyone who's just heard that sentence is sitting down i know that's an absolute <laughs> shocker um what is he doing this madman he's having a day off um for all of those concerns i am going to chessington world of adventures um this is not this is not a plug i'm just saying um and um uh yeah because basically my kids have got they feel or the elder one anyway oldest one he's 11 feels he's sort of a little bit over legoland and has graduated um to the joys of um of of uh, chessington but you know i was saying earlier on to you wasn't i that that um i i quite like a bit of legoland myself <laughs> uh i mean really it's for me going to Legoland um, and I think that you, you go through stages in your life you start off you love Legoland as a kid then you get to an age you think nah, that's a little bit you know I'd rather Disneyland or something like yeah. Alton Towers or whatever and you, you sort of get through that and then you get to the other side and actually sort of retro uh, ironically like um, Legoland uh, <laughs> thinking yes it's great we go for a few with a few mates for a laugh um, and then nothing until you then have kids um, and then you pretend it's actually for the kids when really you know that it's actually for yourself uh, <laughs> that, you, that you're that you're going um, anyway. But there you go. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, taking everyone through different stages of life um, uh, on this podcast. Via Levy Land, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's exactly. Anyway, right. Well, look. Um, thank you very much indeed, Leanne, um, for this week. Uh, it's been great. Yeah, um, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having I'm me. Glad. On here. <laughs> no problem. No problem. And um, we're back next week. Obviously, I'll have to report back from um, Chessing and World how Chessing the World of Adventures went. Um, but uh, thank you very much. Thank you everyone for listening. And um, Watson's Daily's podcast will be back next Tuesday. Many thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.